Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. I'm so glad you're with me again today. Last week on the show, I talked to you about losing streaks. This week, I'm going to jump right in for a what I think will be a blazing fast episode, but hopefully a very helpful one of some things you can do right now. I've got five of them. We'll see if I have five by the time I finish the episode uh, or if I have maybe more, who knows. Uh, things you can do right now in your business to generate more revenue and get some W's. So we went from therapy last week to super practical, super tactical this week. Um, if you don't know what this show is, if you're new, go listen backwards. <laughs> go listen backwards or uh, listen to the rest of this episode. I'll tell you some things that are working for us or hopefully working for us. And then uh, and then you can go figure out what, what the heck I'm talking about moving forward. Uh, okay, let's jump in. Let's jump right in. Okay, so really simply, like I said in the intro uh, at the top of the show, what what I want to do this week is just tell you like some very, very practical things we are doing. Some of them you are probably already doing. Some of them you are probably not. And uh, and they're just things right now that I'm working on, I'm efforting, and, um, and, and hopefully it will be a help to you. So I'm going to get right in. I've got five of them off the top of my head. Number one. This was found by Dave Recook, my kind of right-hand marketing man at 4x400 um, on the sort of broad strategy side, and that's co-op commerce. Co-op commerce is, is, uh, is basically, um, among their services, what they do is they, uh, they you basically trade thank you page space with other brands, and you can control which brands you're working with, et cetera, of course. I won't get into all the details, but the really simple thing is after a customer completes a purchase, you, um, on your site, you show other brands, um, basically ads on their thank you page or on your thank you page, just in a simple little box, uh, with sort of a, it's just sort of presented as a cross sell customers who bought this also bought or customers also like who like this, that sort of thing. A few brands show up every time you show one of those, you get a credit for one of their sites as well. So it's just, a, that's why it's a co-op, right? So it's just a give and take there where um, where you trade off. And we have done this a little bit for Modern Fuel. And um, Modern Fuel has a very high AOV and it's not that big of a brand yet. So it takes it's taking us a little bit of time because the, the actual purchase volume isn't that high. Um, but we are converting at huge numbers. We're seeing essentially on some element of, the way you would calculate this relative to the cost, because it's not very expensive, like a seven to one ROAS. It's not massively high volume, but it's really, really targeted um, ad space, basically. And it's essentially, it's very cheap for you as long as you're just trading back and forth. Um, the other thing I love about this is that it's completely dependent revenue. It, it doesn't, it's actual customer acquisition that happens really without having to do anything new. The way you scale it Essentially, now they actually do have an ad platform as well, where you can just buy this ad space from from um, from other brands, and we're gonna maybe play with that. But um, but the main way you scale it right away is just by selling more stuff to your audience. So the more traffic you drive, the more stuff you sell, the more um, you, credits you're going to get as you show other brands on your thank you page, and um, and then on the other side, you're going to then generate more value off the back of that. The thing that I think people really underrate about something like this. Uh, first of all, the objection everybody has that I've heard right away is like, is this good for my brand? And I'll tell you two things about that. One of them is I am decreasingly for things that are sort of subjective and vague like that, where it's really hard to have an objective measurement of how, 
how to measure like the brand effect of this because I mean I understand I understand why you would be concerned about giving away your thank you page space to other brands. I understand why you'd be concerned about that. But but look, go sell more stuff. Because first of all, if you give away your thank you page, <laughs> you're going to get other people's thank you page. So there's a give and take there, right? Like you you get what you're giving there directly. Uh, so any cost you you also get back. But like secondly, the number one way that you can have a brand touch point with a customer is by selling them stuff. When you sell them stuff, they have a deep connection to your brand. And therefore, like that is the actual like that is the actual way that you will have more brand equity built. Okay? So, um, so if you're selling more stuff, it's probably good for your brand further. Just go sell more stuff. That some of the um, brands I've 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 kept an eye a little bit recently on Ridge Wallets for some stuff that they've put out, their CMOs put out, etc. And they just do massive business. But like, what's very clear to me about Ridge is that they are doing everything they can to sell Ridge Wallets to everyone they can, and that's what they care about the most: going and just relentlessly selling stuff to people. Um, and that's what a brand is, right? Ultimately, that's that's the point of it. So, um, so yeah, Co-op Commerce, go check it out. I have no affiliation with them. I probably should have set up an affiliate deal or something. Before I said this, but we are really, really impressed with it. We are immediately moving it from Modern Fuel to our other brands, um, just because why not? Why not see what we can get happen, make happen there? Okay, so Co-op Commerce. That's that's number one. Number two, um, Facebook optimization in your Facebook account. So um, this is uh, this this is something I found to be pretty simple. But if you have not thought about this, there are two main ways to optimize for purchases in a Facebook ad account. Um, there's optimizing for the lowest cost of conversion. And this is something for some of you, again, this is not going to be news. There's going to be optimizing for lowest cost where Facebook is trying to get you the lowest CPA possible. Um, and then on the other side, there's optimizing for highest value. Okay, uh, where you're, where it's actually optimizing for ROAS, and you set that up at the ad set level. So you build your campaign, and when you build your campaign, if you build an auto, if you build an auto bid uh, campaign, it will say you have the option of going at highest value or lowest cost. And then at the ad set level, you can um, pick: Do you want to optimize for conversions, where it will optimize for the lowest, most conversions possible at the lowest cost? Um, you know, within your budget, or do you want the most value possible, where you're actually going for ROAS? The thing is, there's, there's if you're only bidding one of these on high-performing ads, you are almost certainly leaving volume on the table. And there's some caveats here. Again, I want to keep it a little bit uh, broad just so that it's applicable to everybody. But probably the simplest way to think about this is that is that if you're optimizing for value, what you are very likely to get is higher priced clicks because of higher CPMs, but also higher AOVs. And the... Um, and if you're optimizing for lowest cost, what you're likely to get is cheaper clicks, lower CPAs, and a lower CPA, of course, is typically going to also mean a lower AOV. Now, um, I want both. <laughs> I don't know why I would want to pick. Um, people sometimes talk about like, you know, optimizing for LTV, and I get that. But ultimately, I'll make money anywhere I can get it. And and there, are, I might think about the economics of these things differently in terms of what my ROAS target is or my CPA target is depending on some of these factors and, and how this is all going to work out in the long term, sort of acquiring cheaper customers versus better customers and all of that. I want both as long as the economics work. So I just that's, that's the key here is to recognize that you may be getting a different kind of customer here. In fact, you almost certainly are. And this is an important point. When, when you see different CPMs, and I mean, so for Bamboo Earth, like at my highest spending campaigns, I'm getting, uh, Bamboo Earth is our skincare brand, if you don't know. Um, I'm getting... 
uh, I've taken our, our best performing ads and I've split it into lowest cost and highest value in the two separate campaigns. And I am getting almost the exact same ROAS reported by Facebook, which who knows what that even means right now, the ROAS. I mean, I think what I can say for sure is that the somewhere the results are are at least directionally in the, uh, just if you look purely at ROAS, they're, they're similar results and they're spending about the same amount per day. But in the last 10 days, uh, my value optimized campaign, here, here's some numbers for you. My CPM is $67. My cost per click is $7.30. And that's getting the same uh, as ROAS as a lowest cost version of the ex- running the exact same ad. The exact same ad. Um, in fact, it's it's really just one ad in each. I, there's multiple ads in the in the ad set and multiple ads in the campaign. But Facebook is really really favoring one particular ad, so it's giving almost all the spend to one ad. So it's it's basically everything is the same except for the optimization here. Okay, so sixty seven dollars CPM, seven dollars and thirty cent clicks in my value campaign, my lowest cost campaign, thirty dollars CPMs, and three dollars and forty cent clicks. And and again, the ROAS is almost exactly the same. Why? Because, among other things, the AOV on my value campaign is $118, and on my lowest cost campaign, it's $67. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that I am reaching, all of those numbers tell you, I'm reaching different customers. And so there's a couple of, there's a couple reasons. So first of all, if you have high-performing creative, stuff that is like your best-performing stuff, and you're only running one of those, you're almost certainly leaving volume on the table. And that is so crucial because if I can, without doing any more work, simply get my, my best creative to reach in deeper into the audiences that I want, I mean, that is a massive, massive win, right? Uh, at the same time, um, and this is a crucial thing, I know from uh, using Statless, um, which some people have asked me about, and I, again, S-T-A-T-L-A-S.io, Statless. Um, I know from using that, Statless.io, um, uh, our, our LTV and full e-commerce metric software, okay, right? Um, I know that customers who buy more stuff on first purchase are higher LTV customers for me. And it's pretty significant. So what does that mean? It means that if I'm getting $110 AOV on my value-optimized campaigns and a $67 AOV on my lowest cost campaigns, that tells me that my higher AOV customers are very, very likely on average, and I could go check this detail, but are very, very likely on average buying more products per order, okay? And that means they're almost certainly not only higher AOV customers, but higher LTV customers. And my guess is, and I haven't seen this data point, so this is just, this is my guess, that in general, customers who spend more on the first purchase are likely higher LTV customers across the board. I'm almost, I would I would highly bet on that just because that person indicates, among other things, that they have more spending power, okay? Um, and that they're really, really interested in your products. So, um, so having both in your setup is just, to me, a really obvious, really simple way to get more value out of what you are already doing. All right, that's two. Um, so check your optimization. Make sure you're doing both. Don't don't just um, don't just do one place. Okay, number three. This is so obvious. Number three, send more email. I I'm telling you this because I know that when I have been working with a time constrained team, the one of the hardest things to prioritize 
is generating email content. But it, it, it is a fast way to make money. People don't do it for two reasons. For one, it doesn't scale that cleanly unless you're building out flows. Um, you know, sending more campaigns is more work all the time. Um, but secondly, it's because uh, it's because people are constantly worried that they're going to annoy their customers with email. But let me just tell you, like, it's very unlikely that you're going to do do so. Um, and if you do, it will be a small segment of people. It doesn't matter right now how much email we send, as long as we filter by the engagement, and that's crucial. You know, don't be batch and blasting people emails every day, where people who haven't opened an email from you in six months are getting seven emails from you every week. Okay. Um, as long as you're filtering by engagement in some way, my guess is that you will maintain high deliverability and low, relatively low unsubscribes. People are generally not that annoyed to get email from companies. They're just not. I mean, at, just ask yourself. You, you're actually, if you're listening to this show, you are a certain kind of person who is particularly interested in e-commerce and that sort of thing. So you may not be representative of the population on the whole, but it's unlikely that you're super annoyed at a brand for sending you too much email or like you feel like they have been unethical or something like that. And the thing is, email just works. Like it's just high quality traffic from engaged people who know your brand um, and who like you. There's some simple ways to do this without doing a ton more work. Like one thing we've started doing is just every Sunday evening for one of our brands, we have just gotten to a point where we've taken our best performing emails in the past, filtered out anybody who opened those emails before. Um, and, who, and as long as they're still engaged, um, as long as uh, you know, if, if it's an email that performed really, really well six months ago and the content is pretty evergreen, like we're just gonna, we're just gonna recycle it and fire it off again because it's without any more generation of content or anything like that. We're just making absolutely sure that uh, people see it, okay? Um, and if it was a high-performing email before, it will probably be a high-performing email now. Again, as long as the content is evergreen, then it works. It's one of the easiest, easiest things to let slide. But what I would say is always prioritize it more, especially if you have enough SKUs to where there's something new to talk about here and there and everywhere all the time. Um, send more email. That's so obvious, but I'm telling you, I know it's so easy to let go. Number four, smart shopping. <laughs> oh man, I don't know how I left this on the table for so long. I was skeptical of smart Google smart shopping. Uh, smart shopping, I just mean Google ads, ad product, shopping ads, where you're running smart shopping, Google will strongly push you this way. I talked to a Google rep recently who strongly pushed me this way and everybody's skeptical because they all believe and I believe too. I was concerned that because I couldn't, uh, because I couldn't uh, keep out branded search traffic from my smart shopping ads that, that Google would be showing me a really high ROAS number while, uh, and, and you know, with smart shopping, you have no control. It's all algorithmic. I mean, you just literally turn it on and let the algorithm sort it out and you give it a ROAS target if you want to, okay? Um, but man, it works. It just works. It's going to turn your product feed, especially if you've managed your product feed pretty well, um, where you're really optimizing for search terms and building out your product feed titles and some of those kinds of things, um, you know, then, then you can really get some volume here. But even if you don't, I mean, one of our brands, Slick Products, I've turned on Smart Shopping. And from the moment I turned it on, even with a feed that needs quite a bit of optimization still, it just is outperforming any of our old shopping ads anywhere we go. And I actually know for a fact that smart shopping is not just delivering me branded search traffic. The way I know that is that my Google rep, when I brought this complaint up to my Google rep who reached out to me about some of this stuff, uh, she said, actually, we, we have the power on our side to put a negative keyword list on a smart shopping campaign 
So if you have a Google rep, or if you don't, like try to get one and just say, hey, I want to run smart shopping. Um, here's my negative keyword list and put your brand terms in there. And then that way, your brand terms are no longer on the list. It will do two things for you, at least. It will give you search traffic, categorical search traffic around terms for your um, products that, that matter for you. And secondly, it will turn it into dynamic display, remarketing ads, uh, maybe even some prospecting is in there. I don't really know. I don't have that much visibility to it because it's really hard to see these metrics. Um, but it works algorithms are smarter than you. If you're not running much Google, if you're like, just go turn on smart shopping ads, especially if you can have a little bit of time to go spend a couple hours to try to optimize your feed a little bit according to some key search terms. It works. It just works. We're seeing immediately brands getting another 500 to $700 a day in spend, um, ticking up over time each day as the algorithm locks in, as I pick my ROAS target accordingly. Um, you know, just an additional spend at roughly a one and a half to two to one ROAS on a one day click, which means over time as clicks turn into more value over time, like those numbers will all go up. I just think, I, I think there's a couple grand a day here. And when I talk to Tony Chop, the head of Google ads at Common Thread Collective, uh, and he sort of prioritizes what to do in a Google ad account from for an e-commerce brand from number one through number 10, here are all the Google ad products you should use and here's the order you should use them in. He says, number one, all the time, smart shopping, smart shopping, smart shopping, smart shopping. It's easy. It will take you like five minutes to set it up. Uh, if, if you have a Google ad account already, run smart shopping. It works. It works. And there's a lot of ways you can go validate that it's not all just crap brand traffic. Um, but the simplest thing to do is check the percentage of new visitors and Google analytics on that campaign. What you will find very likely is that uh, it's a lot of new visitors, which means it's not branded search. Okay, number five. This is a really specific situation, but it might work for you as well. I'm running a gift with purchase offer. Um, I, I am, uh, I am uh, on Friday this week, uh, depending on when this podcast comes out, for Bamboo Earth, very likely to be on Friday. Um, we, have, we, we missed some projections. We have too much product. And instead of running a simple discount, of whatever number off to maintain as much, um, to maintain as much sort of brand um, equity as we can. We are doing a gift with purchase offer instead of a um, instead of a discount. We're doing it for one day only. We don't need to blow out everything that we have. But the thought is just like we'll generate some revenue fast. We'll give people an offer that they love. We'll get our very best product into people's hands. We'll make sure we segment and target our offer so that we're really promoting it. Um, to people who we want to re-engage with, who haven't engaged for a while, who haven't tried this product, that kind of thing. Um, and hopefully turn those into, even if that has to be with discounts over time or offers, into people who keep coming back over and over and over again. Um, I love gift with purchase offers. I think customers love gift with purchase offers. Um, it feels really valuable. We're doing a two-tiered offer. Over 50 bucks, you get a free mini-size version of a product. Over $200 order, you get a free full-size. It's a really good offer. High, high perceived value. And because um, the actual uh, margin is really, really good on, on this product and because there's shipping advantages and in a lot of ways as orders get bigger and all of those kinds of things, margin-wise, getting an additional product into a... Uh, into an order 
is much better for us than just discounting an order. So brand-wise, I like it. Margin-wise, I like it. Um, it takes, it, there's no cash out the door. I already have the inventory and therefore um, I can use inventory, I can turn inventory into dollars quickly. And that, that, like, that is so helpful, right? Because um, if I can do that, then I don't have to spend additional money. I can just take the inventory and turn it into, into dollars. And if you're, if cash flow is tight, that can be really, really helpful. So um, we'll see that one. I don't know how it's going to go yet. I'm optimistic. I, um, I'm hoping I'm, I would be happy with like a $50,000, a $50,000 day for Bamboo Earth. That would be like a number that I would feel really good about. And, and perfectly, I would say I'd feel perfectly fine about that. That's about where our projection is because we're trying to project conservatively here. I think there's a chance it could go to a hundred. Um, so if that happened, that would be the first $100,000 day we've ever had at 4x400. We'd be thrilled. So um, so we're hoping for that. Um, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll let you know how that goes. Um, we are using an app. And actually, it's funny. For the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. But I will put it in the show notes that will, um, we're, the app we're using to make a gift with purchase offer work better on Shopify. Um, so that will be in the show notes as well. You can check that out. Um, and I will have that detail for you there. So that's it. Five things. Co-op commerce. Um, value optimization or lowest cost optimization in, in Facebook ads. Um, know your numbers there. That's important. Three, send more email. Four, smart shopping. Five, gift with purchase as an offer. Uh, that's what we're doing right now in a lot of different ways across a lot of different accounts in order to figure out how to generate money today, right now. Five easy wins. Hopefully, it will be helpful to you as well. Okay, so there you have it. I hope that was some help to you. Part of the reason I wanted to do this episode, um, as I said at the top of the show, we we did, um, I did this sort of you know therapy episode last week, just talking about losing streaks and some of that, and I got a bunch of response. Like people reached out to me and said, "Hey, it's been a really hard for me as well. I needed to hear that. Thank you." So I'm always really grateful for that kind of feedback. I'm always glad to know that after I press uh, stop record and we get this thing sent out, there's somebody out there who's helping. So. Um, yeah, people emailed me at podcast4x400.com. You're welcome to do the same. I'd love any feedback. I'd love to hear, by the way, um, any disagreement with me. Maybe you think smart shopping stinks. Like, I don't know. Reach out. Let me know. Um, like I said, podcast4x400.com, 4x400.com. Or um, on, you can DM me on Twitter, at Andrew J. Ferris. If you're not on Twitter yet, what are you doing? Get on Twitter and get into the e-commerce Twitter sphere. Um, so yes, that's the way to reach out to me. I'm always grateful if you'll share it, rate, review, all those things. If this has been helpful to you, that's the number one way you can help us. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening as always. And I will talk to you next week.